Welcome to episode 77 of the Two on Three podcast, an hour-long show where tonight, once again, three of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes. I'm Ty, and you can find me with a healthy skepticism of developing automatons at SEATJK. And with me, as always, is Chris. Where can we find you preparing for the robot uprising, Chris? Listen, I am embracing the robot uprising with arms wide open, a la Scott Stapp. <laughs> I'm like, it's like a Creed video. I'm bringing them on. Anyway, you can find me at CD Villasenor on the Twitter machine. The other chuckle you hear is uh, joining us tonight, your resident indie podcast authority on Dat Robot Life, Matt, formerly of the Reasons Are Several podcast, now of Parts Unknown. Where can people tag you incessantly with these robot tweets, Matt? <laughs> Hi, you can find me at Reasons Are, and I, I believe I am bot free on the followers. So. Good really? for you. Did you do the, the, the verification check? Fuck yeah, get them out of here. <laughs> you want to make sure you don't have any secret bot followers retweeting your content? God, no. I scare those guys. We had thousands of like strange people from Turkey following us for a while. Did they all, did they all evaporate? They all haven't peeled off, but it's been, it's been <laughs> slow. <laughs> Shout out to our Turkish listeners if you're still around. <laughs> well, it's like the France thing. It's like when you look at your stats and out of nowhere, France is a huge following, following group, uh, like on your hits for your podcast. It's like, exactly. what, how did that happen? I don't know. We're not huge in France huge anymore. In France. Was, we had like a three-month run. We, we were huge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, if you haven't picked up on it yet, we've asked Matt to join us tonight to talk about one of the many things that made him famous, intense concern about human-cyborg relations. <laughs> Is it infamous or famous? <laughs> Either works. It mm. means very famous. <laughs> More than famous. <laughs> yeah, oh, sorry. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, um, yeah. Well, Matt, for those listeners who are just downloading our show this week because you're on it, what would you like to say to them? Uh, I'd like to say thanks uh, for tuning in. This is a great show. I appreciate you guys having me on. It's, uh, you know, I have, have done kind of a retirement. Some people scoff at that term because they say, well, you didn't hang up your mic. And I say, uh, you know, it's like a, it's like a government worker who retires and comes back and consults. I'm just a podcast consultant now, so a vagabond. Yes. So appreciate you having me on to consult. I'm available for other consulting needs if anybody would like to reach out. What are your other specialties? <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you right now, retirement has been good to me because it's allowed me to golf more. Mm. It's allowed me to focus on hockey. We just won a championship. We're on we're on pace for another. It's allowed me to sleep more, which I really needed. Uh-huh. So in, in, in general, I think it's been good for my health to do this, uh, to do this retirement thing. We'll see. Someday I might come back. Well, it's nice to have you. So thanks for joining us. Thank you. Interact with the show on Twitter at 2on3pod or hit us up via email at Holla. Holla. at 2on3pod.com. You know how much we love to hear from you. Tonight, we are going to start with the tech desk as we review the latest from Bosstown Dynamics and art from Ada. We'll return to the tech desk to talk about robots in sports, specifically Major League Baseball's plans to update their tracking tech, and a little bit about the World Cup and video-assisted review. Is that what it's called? Am I, am I blowing that acronym? Is it video-assisted referee? I have no idea what Vigil- it actually stands. It's video... Now I'm wondering. It's it's referee, though. I think it's it's video-assisted referee. Is that what it is? Shit, All right. Well, we definitely sound like we know what we're talking about. So Just call it VAR. VAR. <laughs> And we'll close with some U.S. Open talk and some ideas for upgrading golf's technology as well. Dejatwa will take us into the OT where we've got a little Father's Day content for you. So I have a feeling we're going to run long, but before we dive into the the bleak reality of our very near future, I have a question for my two fellow dads. To slime or not to slime? (laughs) Not touching that one. So so I know what you're talking about. So here's the deal. When I was a kid... We had the little plastic trash cans you could buy full of slime. Mm-hmm. The green slime, and then it was a purple slime, and then it was a slime with worms. And all that shit seemed non-toxic and fine. But the kids these days are making their own slime, right? Mm-hmm. Oh. And they're making it with like toxic shit, like borax and like things. <laughs> glue, Elmer's and, glue. And shaving cream. Right. And while that's fine for science class, I'm not sure you want you know, your grade school kids cooking up their own slime. Well, where's Nickelodeon at on this? Like, what happened to Gak? <laughs> right. What was it's the expression? Not a, it's not a big, it's not a big, it's I not don't a big know. seller. 
Oh, oh, right. Oh, that's a different thing altogether. You can't do that on television, right? Didn't right, they, right, right. Yeah, that was, uh, didn't, wasn't it when they said, I don't know, that you'd get slimed? Yes. I was talking about those little tubs like Chris was describing, though. The, oh, the though. Gack. Right, yeah. It yes. was basically just pla- uh, stretchy plastic, rubbery goo. Yeah, which are really good for like um, pulling lint off clothes, picking things <laughs> off the carpet. That's about all they were good for. They're, they're fucking disgusting. I still feel like you're talking about something else. I feel like you're talking about the stretchy things that used to snack to the walls. No, not those. Okay. I'm definitely talking about the slime. All right. No, but I have not heard of this new slime craze and self-made slime. Is this is this taking over YouTube? Oh, is yes, a, by all means. Yeah. Why don't you do your research while we talk about this? <laughs> no, I don't think I want to. It's really been years in the... In the uh, it's been years since kids started doing this because, you know... My da- my daughter was and her friends were doing this kind of in late grade school, which right. is a while, which was a, a decent while ago. Well, that's what I was hoping is that my kids would be old enough that this would have passed, hmm. but it's not passing. Are they bugging and you to make slime in the house? So they're not making it. It's now like widely sort of available in the forms that we remember, and so it's a little bit more manageable. But I think we talked momentarily about it where I was talking about no slime in the house. And the, those rules are, are, are really, I'm having a hard time holding firm because it's everywhere. And, and I found out actually recently that my wife's contributing to the problem. <laughs> she's making slime or she's well, making YouTube videos. About she, slime. <laughs> no, we'd be rich if she was doing that. Uh, no, she, we, we did gift bags, which apparently you are now required to provide to all attendees of your child's birthday party. Oh, that ends soon. Sure. Uh, it doesn't seem I like just hand, I just, soon. I just give them uh, you know, single smokes. Lucy's, you know, Lucy's. I give them little two-shot bottles of, you know, alcohol. Yeah, yeah. Here, kids, I just let me just empty out this these Marlboros into this tray. Just grab one (laughs) on your way out, kids. You just uh, candy. Enjoy, enjoy those. Either, either enjoy them yourself. I don't play with fire, so make sure your parents light that for you, (laughs) or have your mom and dad light it for you because I don't want you playing with matches. I'm gonna take a piece of ribbon and a loose cigarette and tie it to an airplane bottle and then I put that on Pinterest and be like, here's your fucking <laughs> gift bag. You know there would be a dad who that kid comes home to who's like, these guys are fucking awesome. Are <laughs> <laughs> uh, they having a party next week? Because I'm going to that. Yeah, it's like a Trojan, a cigarette, and you know that little bottle <laughs> bottle of alcohol. Like, wow. But my wife kids. bought individual slimes for all of these kids, and I'm like, oh. you want everybody to hate us? Yeah. What have you done? But I right. guess that our daughter wanted to be the slime enabler of the class. Got mm. it. She's the Got dealer. It. Everybody was excited. Uh, my wife said that uh, the first grade teacher made a face. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine she did. <laughs> she was like, go ahead and pack that shit up in your backpacks, kids, because it's not coming out in my classroom. Right. Well, my son ended up with Crazy Aaron's Thinking Putty, which is sort of advanced slime. It's a little, it's a little, it's a little tougher. Like it's mm-hmm. a little, it's a little more like silly putty. It doesn't run. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't ooze, but it's also comes in like clear and comes in these really kind of interesting colors, and you can mold it and and uh, anyway, it's it's the other. It's going. That's the other direction. It sounds far superior to the product that's masquerading as unicorn shit. <laughs> <laughs> right. It'll run its course. It'll be gone soon. It's been going on for, I think we're at five years now. Seriously? You know, what, you know what's really fun to play with and you can just give this to your kids? Like Mercury. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, it's fun. It rolls around and stuff, right? And, you know, it doesn't. And it, you, you can put it in your hand and, like, it, like it, it turns into a little ball. And don't put it in just, your mouth. Don't put it in your mouth. Don't put it in your drinks. Mm-mm. Bad you know, idea. You just you can just play with mercury. That would be, I think that would be a you know better alternative. Don't it's pour na- it on it's, your Marlboro. It's all natural, <laughs> it's all right? Natural. It's all natural. <laughs> just fine. Just play yeah, with I that. I got you a tube of arsenic. <laughs> <laughs> all natural. All natural. That's right. Good point. <laughs> Organic arsenic. All right. Well, are we ready to start the show? Yeah, let's do it. So, Matt, guys, you want to go to the uh, tech desk? Thanks for calling the tech desk. I'm definitely a human being. How can I help you? Nope. Thank you, Matt. So we're going to start by reviewing the new video released on Twitter the other day by Corridor Digital, or Boss Town Dynamics, as it's noted in the video. 
And I'm not even going to start to introduce this because we've got the expert with us, and I'm going to turn it right over to you, Matt. Why don't you tell us what we're seeing here and uh, and your immediate thoughts? <laughs> well, it was funny because I saw it come up on Twitter, and I immediately thought it was real just because of they did such a great job of spoofing it. And also, my Twitter feed just blew up like so many people, you know, threw this out. I clearly have a reputation. <laughs> Like, Matt needs to know about this. Right. Sex dolls, robots, <laughs> robot sex dolls, it's robots having sex with dolls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's all, it's all, that's all in my expertise. <laughs> it's all your wheelhouse. Yeah. But this video, so at first I see it, of course, and I see the hockey stick action. The guy's beating this thing, you know, kicks it over and he's just wailing on the back of it with the hockey stick. Looks very real. It looks very real, and it's one of those where I thought, okay, great, Boston Dynamics, you're doing this shit again. Like, how many ways are you going to try to, you know, just abuse these robots and, as a way of showing that they will, you know, overcome, essentially? Um, and, and by the way, it's one of the few times I've actually been felt even a little bit of human emotion toward a robot is sometimes when they show those Boston Dynamics guys like knocking the box out of the hand and stuff and that fucking poor robot just keeps sitting there going, well, I guess I'll pick it up. (laughs) (laughs) It's the only time I feel a little bit of pity for that robot. But, and then I just go back to hating them. So, but the the best parts about this video are uh, how it just builds and gets worse and worse as it goes. How the fact that it's like, well, I mean, it, it, it ends with the guy shooting the thing in the fucking face, which is awesome. But before that, throwing those balloons off his face just to knock him off balance. All that shit was so funny and so well done. The chair over the back, the, uh, the, bo- the wine bottle over the head. They just did a fantastic job in not only making this work, because uh, I did see like a little behind the scenes thing on how they do it, but, but in just the script itself. Like they, they hit on all the things that all looked like totally like a Boston Dynamics thing. I thought it was fantastic. I agree. I really enjoyed it. Um, and the first time I saw it, I only watched about the first eight seconds. And I was like, oh, I got to come back to this and watch it later. So I was like, assuming it was real for like a solid day before I got back to watching the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not really, I'm not really watching for it. So the first few scenes you mentioned where they're throwing the balls off its face. Um, I started to get stressed out about how well balanced it was yes. on those. <laughs> it was recovering really well that. And when they would throw the box, it would kind of back up a little and catch it. Yeah. I was like, that's freaky. Yeah. I was and worried. then I, I felt the same sting of empathy when they were like, like even from the hockey stick when he's like beating it multiple times to keep it on the ground. Stay down. <laughs> yeah. Stay down. Um, the, the air horn. <laughs> yeah. I was relieved to find out it was a parody. I was like, this is moving really quickly. Yes. The first time I saw it, I was with the sound off because it just was showed up on my feed and I was mm-hmm. looking at it and I started laughing because I immediately knew it was fake because the robot, acts like a human being like it kicks over and it looks like it's in pain <laughs> which i first knew right off the bat that oh god this is fake and it's hilarious because yeah they hit it with the stick and it like reacts like it it's hurt like it, like somehow it feels the the hits and when they right. spray it in the face and it loses its balance i was crying laughing <laughs> i was just like this is so funny but it reminded me of the one of those rogue one criticisms remember when he shoots the at at with the with the with the cannon. Yeah, and it kind of shakes Adda, it off. And the Adda actually acts like a big camel. <laughs> like, yeah. it, like it hits it in the head, it swings over, and then it sort of takes a second, like shakes his head, and then looks back at him. I was like, well, that's not how walking tanks would act. <laughs> no. That's, how, that's not how machines act. But the fact that they just kept beating this thing and it would fall over and it looked like it was experiencing pain was it was making me cry. And then, then yeah, I just... I did a couple of clicks and figured out that it was just a green screen thing and a and a uh, and a bit of a and a bit of a you know a bit of a deep fake. Yeah, yeah is, The uh, only time I think I when I watched it a second time, there's just a couple spots where you can kind of tell, but for the most part, it's pretty clean. And the, the whip scene in particular is a little rough. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> he's on a ladder, he's <laughs> <sitting> <laughs> a ladder whipping the robot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean. The humor, the humor level, the, the absurdity of it is amazing. Well, I like the fact, too, that you kind of forget as each, as they're just abusing this thing with different weapons, you forget that the robot is still trying to get the box yeah. the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, it culminates with the game of keep away, and then the robot fucking karate kicking him and, you know, getting the gun away and stuff like that at the end, which, of course, is the nice little wrap up. 
See, again, I wasn't paying super close attention because I was like trying to take like take notes for the show and I was watching this and stuff. So I, th- I thought it was real all the way up until the whip scene. Because <laughs> when the robot first grabbed the hockey stick, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and, and it seemed like they were like, oh, shit. And I was like, because up to this point, I had sort of, you know, Chris, you said the robot was acting like a human being. Um, my assumption in that was that they had there was some sort of a they're training it like I, if you take a strike to the back go down in a in a all fours position and remain there for x number of seconds before trying to rise again and if you feel another strike go down like basically if a, you freak out a human being we want you to behave very submissively it's very similar to things you do when you encounter a bear in the woods just get right. into a fetal position let it right. bat you around but you're right it's one of those things where it's like watching this video it's not that much of a departure as funny as it is from the stuff that Boston Dynamics shows, which is why they freak me out. I'm like, <laughs> what are you training these motherfuckers to do? Clearly, it's going to be used for military use someday. I mean, you already have fucking drones. You've got these robots now. They're just they're just building armies. It's also going to lead in really bad places, not to bring the show down, but I can't believe we haven't had like major drone terrorist attacks, and that's coming. So all this stuff, it's, it's like uh, what's-his-face says. Doesn't Jeff Goldblum say? You know, you were so busy asking if you could, you didn't ask if you should. This is this is where we are, Boston Dynamics. <laughs> <laughs> the drone thing is uh, Man, depressing. They just, they, <laughs> I'm telling you, they just want it. They just want it to deliver packages. Mm-hmm. The uh, the um, it's just you know, and we have this hilarious thought about everyone thinks in terms of um, robots are going to take over the world. What? Let's be clear. They're they're not. <laughs> they're. I mean, this is a Terminator Two. I mean, they're not going to be able to run their own power plants and you know Power's mine an their own coal and all these kind of things. So whatever. They'll keep us fine. around. Then is what you're saying, Chris? Yes, yes. But <laughs> there's a there's a video I'm sharing with you about the Disney folks who actually are using robots to do stunts, and so you can do practical stunts with these robots. Um, because they look like people and uh-huh. you can do really practical superhero things without doing them in CGI. You just, you just, you just launch them out of things and they'll, and they'll, um, you know, they'll land and they'll do all kinds of kinds of cool stuff. Uh, you can yeah, get I've them seen to, this. It looks, they look fantastic. They look fantastic. I mean, so it becomes this whole idea that, Hey, let's, let's use, you know, robots to enhance our practical effects. They're very, it's very sweet stuff. And um, this is the, this uh, is so scary. It's so cool. I mean, this is this is the reason you invent robots to do the things that people can't do, won't do. Let's send them into send them into the coal mine. Send them into that burning robot buildings. just did a full on fucking Iron Man move in the I air. Know. Did you see that? Yes, that's the whole point of him. That the whole point is to 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 create movies and stuff that aren't obviously CGI and to bring back some realism back to your fantasy uh, your fantasy entertainment which I think I'm all is for cool practical effects Chris I am but it will cost how can you just dismiss the robot uprising I mean even well-adjusted brain genius Elon Musk thinks we need to be concerned about artificial intelligence and where it's going to take he's us he's smart he understands yeah. he sees it coming whatever I mean the the the, the, the there's this whole there's this the, the issue with Whatever. artificial intelligence is maybe a bigger problem because as we hand over more decisions to right to and all our data the AI and mm-hmm. our, our data that becomes that's more yeah. of an issue than actual robots walking right. the street. Yeah, but then the AI people. is going to learn that the robots exist, take over those robots, <laughs> and make more robots. He gets it. <laughs> Exactly. The AI takes control of the robots. It's got this built-in robot force and drone force all just ready to go because we built it for them. Skynet. Said (laughs) Akana. God damn it, man. You're going to have to change their name to Bosto Dine Systems. Uh, I should have named my kid Kyle Reese. You should have. I mean, exactly. That way you could at least get had a head start on this whole thing. I'm just telling you, I think, I mean, I know I've been saying it for a long time, but we are headed... For something nasty, and I, well, I, I, I see what happened. Because everybody sees it and goes, "Oh, that's really cool. They can do that." Well, we have robots now that make art. We have robots now that make art. You know, going back to going back to the lead in Ada, the um, the the artist. 
<laughs> which is just <laughs> which is just this funny thing to say, you know, is that really creativity when 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 just when robots access some sort of patterns and are able to just draw them on a piece of paper, is that really creativity? I'm gonna I'm gonna argue that it's not. I would agree. But but it's just some sort of it's just it's just all hand wavy stuff. People just, you know, wanna believe wanna believe in the uh they want to believe in this whole magic future and yeah, I'm just not, I'm just not quite buying it. I would li- I look forward to you guys sharing the picture of Ada uh, when you're promoting the show. Cause that is creepy. I don't know. She kind of, she kind of, she's not unattractive. Well, it's just hilarious, and I know why they do it that way. Oh, now you're getting court. into Matt's sweet spot. But the fact that it's like, I know. it's it's No, it's that tweener zone where I'm like, oh, no, but I like those sex spots. <laughs> but, like, her face and her body look normal, and then she's got these giganto mechanical arms. It's like, well, this looks a little awkward, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, you saw Ex Machina, didn't you? I did. Yeah. yeah that shit rocked my world, Chris. <laughs> 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 I mean, come on! I mean, we're yeah. all we're all down with it. We're all down with uh, making out with uh, Mrs. Fossbender. What's her name? Name? Uh, Why well, I can't remember. What are you her talking name? about Alicia Vikander? Yes, Alicia. Yes. Vikander. Yeah. Yes. You would make out with uh, an Alicia Vikander r- robot. One hundred percent. I like that we managed to say her name, her last name, three different ways. Vic- I was Vicander. heard Alicia Vikander. Vikander. Oh, Vikander. Vikander. I don't know. I'm not it, from. Ada's got a real. Ada's got a real uh, Edward Scissorhands vibe. Totally. Yeah. But he was. But he. I don't know. Was real, sort of. What strikes me about it is also that the leader of the Ada Project's name is Aiden, and that she's supposedly uh, named after Ada Lovelace. The f- first female computer programmer. Mm. It's just there's a lot. Hundred percent of- chance he's hundred percent chance he's made out with this robot. Oh 100% yeah, hundred percent chance. <laughs> yeah, but he ties those he ties those arms behind the back though. He's like, I don't want anything happening. Right. Here. No, he, he he deactivates the arms and he makes out with this robot. I guarantee it. <laughs> Hope AI doesn't reactivate chance. the arms while he's getting a hunter from her. <laughs> Hold on. There's also a researcher on the project named Aiden. We've got two Aidens. Oh, this is weird. Listen, every Ada. kid at See, this is bullshit. Every every kid at every kid at my son's school is named Aiden. Like the A I D, the A Y D, the whole the whole the, deal. The Aidens are already AI controlled robots making more robots. <laughs> you might trying be to right. Ingratiate her like by creating her an artist. Mm-hmm. My concern is the fact that you're looking at all these names and it's like they barely made their way down the alphabet. They're like, I don't know, we'll just make up like five names. None of these people are real. They're writing well. You know the uh, the robots are writing your box scores and um, sports blips now on for for AP for the. That's true. Yeah. So yeah. Matt. Oh, sorry. Let's go. <laughs> let's go to the tech desk. <laughs> Missed it. You want me to do it again? Thanks for calling the tech desk. I'm definitely a human being. How can I help you? Nope. Well, thanks for the pro segue there, Chris. Um, we're going to talk a little bit, move on to some additional technology in sports. Uh, a couple of weeks back, I tagged the fact that Major League Baseball is looking to upgrade from the TrackMan system to the Hawkeye system. And any tennis fans will probably be familiar with Hawkeye and, frankly, how uh, it's kind of been a fantastic boon to the game of tennis. Well, how are they going to get a guy who carries six arrows around in a quiver to call these? <laughs> oh, I was going to use a uh, mash <laughs> reference, but that would have really gone over people's heads. Where's the noisemaker? Dad <laughs> 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 jokes early. Uh, I don't. So explain this to me. So, like the stat man, what they do today? Okay, is so it just he- for gathering like analysis and stuff? It's not actually doing anything to enhance the actual call of the game other than I guess instant replay is it affected it's part of instant replay so it's not part of instant replay it is the it's the picture in picture you see on the screen where you see the like the the speed of the, the pitch yeah right in the little box in the strike zone it's right now not um, actually part of calling the game it's also things like the batter's exit velocity all the uh, batted ball stats um, it's still not perfect it's not picking up everything um or every batted ball, so they're trying to improve it. It powers the league's stat cast system. So if you ever go look at 
uh, baseballsavant.com, which is actually a really cool site if you're interested in baseball and, and how players are performing. It'll give you all kinds of information, a lot like a track man does about your golf swing, like um, barrel percentage, like batted ball speed. So you can actually, if you like, you know, as a fantasy baseball player, if you're trying to evaluate whether or not somebody's performance is real, you can kind of get into their batted ball statistics now in a way that you used to be able to only do with pitchers. Mm. Um, and it's not always dependent on the performance against. You can actually see the physical results that the player is, is producing. Um, with Hawkeye, it does seem like they can talk about the poss- the more realistic possibility of a purely automated strike zone. And in fact, in the Atlantic League, there is a system where there's still an umpire, and this has always been my idea, just the umpire wears an earpiece, and the machine tells him whether it's a, bi- a ball or a strike, and he actually still has a choice uh, oh, he to can call a ball. Yeah, if he sees it, and he's like, well, the machine calls it on a flat plane, because the challenge with the strike zone is that it's three-dimensional. It's you know a, like a large square in the front, and it gets smaller, and then tails into basically a... a you know, oh, right. It's a it's a polygon. So if one catches the back of the plate, it would miss it. Correct, because the strike zone is angled toward the middle of the plate mm-hmm. in the shape of the plate. That makes sense. So I've advocated on the show before for fully robotic uh, balls and strikes, and, and in the case of, I kind of like the idea of um, retaining the human element by allowing the umpire to continue to call a game, but getting robotic feedback, especially because I think there's times where the umpire just flat out doesn't see what happened. Oh yeah, they make a ton of errors. I've I've seen uh, I saw an article on that. Maybe that was today that where I was talking about how many mistakes they make on average, and it's a large number. But I go back and forth with technology and its effect on calling games because uh-huh. it it does certainly. Well, I guess in that sense, it's not going to slow it down because it's instantaneous. They're telling the guy right away if it's a ball or a strike. I was hoping with the Hawkeye thing and the tennis, like is is it the tennis thing that where it like makes the sound if it's out. No, they they go to that they go to that funny replay that shows the skid of the ball oh, against the against that the thing. lines and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, I was hoping it was the tone because like then so that well, way that is like the a guy, tone that's also powering that. System. Okay, because I was I was hoping that like it was it would echo out in the stadium. So like if a pitcher hits one like off the black of the plate, it's like boom, oh, technically a ball. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, I have a I have a friend who is currently in a an apprentice umpire. Oh, um, his kids played baseball all through two of them have graduated high school. So now he's starting to ump games. So you have to be, you have to start out as an apprentice. And so, you know, they make you do, you you have to take a test and you have to do, and then you have to umpire games um, with another umpire who is a, a fully, a fully licensed (laughs) umpire or whatever. And you gotta uh, get your flight time in. Yeah. You basically have to get your flight time in. But, you know, what they're taught is it's also an umpire's duty to keep the game moving, which is to say balls and strikes aren't always black and white balls and strikes. Sometimes you've got you've to you've make sure that hitters are ready to hit and that you're calling things like you're calling things close so that even if you get a wild pitcher, they're, they're encouraged to call games to, that make batters swing the bat. So that's what they're encouraged to do. I mean, it's part of the umpire. It's not just. It's not entirely scientific. It is. It is. You get a. You get a. You get a pitcher who's slightly wild. If they're close and around the plate, you're going to call strikes so that the batters are going to stand up there and get ready to hit balls. Right, because they're and trying that, to improve the fan experience. Because clearly, right now they have a fan problem. Right, and there are certain things that I think that are are hard to see that are important like foul balls those kinds of things that maybe a computer can call but the role of balls and strikes is the role of that but the of a plate umpire isn't just to call balls and strikes it is to control the pace of the game and to you know encourage action sure and so that's the that's the that's sort of the weird part about it i mean our sports are getting more and more um you know they want to have pitch they have, want to have a pitch clock. They want to add clocks to golf to make people play. They want to add clocks. They've added a clock to tennis to make people serve faster. They're, they're trying to speed up all these sports. And, and I feel like baseball should feel slightly resistant to that because I think that baseball being the quote, well, the quote unquote national pastime, it was one of those things where you could just put the game on and just let it sort of run. And I know that people may not have much appetite for that kind of an experience anymore, but uh, it's a little bit too bad. I don't know if people don't have an appetite for it. I just feel like that 
if you or if you're into it, you still want to have you want to watch it, but just like I can't invest an indeterminate amount of time into this broadcast. I can't sit down and be like, okay, you know, even with golf, at least I know when it ends more or less, and it's not going to be very deviate. It's not going to deviate too far from that. Yeah, unless uh, Coocher's out there in the fairway. <laughs> Does JB Holmes is hanging around? All right. Oh yeah. So the guys in the grants, like, we'll get there. But uh, remind me to tell you that I was doing some quiet heckling of JB Holmes and the grandstands appreciated it. Thank right. you. <laughs> anyway, but but yeah, I mean, but still, yeah, like soccer pretty much has it down. Is you just know it's they're just going to let that clock run and they're going to tack on a few minutes for injury time and so you're out of there in 2 hours like total. Yeah, I think when baseball was popular, people were like, "Please God, anything to pass the time." <laughs> right. <laughs> it could be. But, but I mean, you can either you can either chalk that up to the charm of the game that it just it it unfolds as it unfolds. You know, or you can just or you can try to artificially speed it up to try to grab millennial eyeballs that you're never going to get anyway, even if you sped it up. Well, and that's a nice segue to where I wanted to take this, because I think that the, the possibilities with this are beyond automated balls and strikes. I like the idea of the umpire getting an indicator of what the robot says it is, and he can still make a decision. But that way, if he's overruling the thing multiple times, he's at least making a conscious decision to do it, and there must be a reason for it. And then that way, you can still have that control that you talk about. I, but think, actually, I think they're still using it to evaluate umpires as well. I mean, of they're just saying that, you know, here are the ones, here are the close, here are the ones that are around the edges. Here's how you call them. Were you, were you close or not? And yet, Angel Hernandez still has a job. Yeah, but he, well, he's he's particularly terrible. I mean, they must have a union of something. Well, so getting away from that and going to where I wanted to go, which is that millennial appealing to a new audience and keeping the game alive. Um, I just feel like the TV product should give me a lot more on the with the Hawkeye information at all times. Essentially, I think we've I've mentioned before to you. I want basically it to look like a video game. I want the little picture-in-picture graphic where the players are on the field. So if you have the shift on, you show it to me, but then also show it to me so that when the batted ball comes out, I want a little line on that on that screen up there that says, here's the ball. And then you can give me some more interesting angles too, right, where you're not always trying to capture just the batted ball. You can, you can augment that with, you know, like there is the shot tracking in golf where you get a lot more information just by having, having that line on the screen so that you can understand where the ball went because on TV it's impossible to see. It's, um, it's hard to watch a baseball game on TV for hard. me. I don't know when what was, when was the last time the Giants won the championship. Was that like 2012? <laughs> 13, yeah, Lincecum. That, that, yeah, that would have been probably the last time I watched a full game on TV. I have not since. I've, I've been to games at the park, and that's, I actually enjoy that. Going to a baseball game is fun. But when you're watching that shit on TV – Oh my God, it's grueling. It's hard to watch. And I, I'm all for anything they want to change because it ain't working. I mean, there's a reason your numbers are down and your average age for your fan is just continuing to you know, rise. Do you know what my, fest, my favorite time to watch a baseball game is? When you're drunk? <laughs> no, but when a playoff, when playoff baseball is on TV and I am traveling for work and I find myself with nothing to do but go to the hotel bar and then there's a playoff baseball game on, I'm like, fantastic. Perfect. Yeah, playoff baseball is much more consumable, but like regular season games, oh no, thanks. No, that's I mean, baseball is definitely a playoff sport for me, just like basketball is for the most part. Um, but yeah, it is. You know, it's again, it's supposed to be sort of a quiet. It's a throw. It's a throwback experience. It's mm-hmm. not. I. I just. I think it's. I think it. It's resistant to modernization. I don't think you can do it. I. Th- I think you can treat it. Like you can other sports. It's, it's an antiquated game. Like, it's just not built that way. But I want the augmented reality in the broadcast, and you have the technology to give that to me. And so you might as well give me the option. So I think we talked about this briefly, but yeah. on opening day, they did a very stat-heavy, um, like stat-driven broadcast that had a lot more uh, like hitting percentage overlays. So like, I, give me your spray chart overlaid on the field with the players on it. Um, I, I want, it, but I want all that stuff. I want batter versus pitcher stats. I would like some of the advanced stats I just talked to you about about performance. Like this guy's barreled up this pitcher on thirty percent of pitches, something like that. But you don't resulting. want that. But you don't. You want that on the screen. You don't want that like on a tablet on your lap. No, I want it as game. part of the broadcast. I don't want a second screen experience. I just want to watch the game. But just as you're watching the game, just give me part of the screen with a bunch of information. Yeah. I don't know. Like it's, it's interesting because I think they, I think baseball especially has a, a challenge uh, to try to do that. I just don't think, like I said, I just don't think the game's designed that way. It was, it's, it's, 
And I guess I don't but think it's gathering can... the information in real time. Why can't I have it? Just turn on a it different. Gets in the way because, of the authentic because, experience, right? Because it makes old people grouchy. <laughs> cool. And those put are on a different people, channel. And those are the only people who are watching the damn games. I'm 40, and this is what I want. I don't care about anybody <laughs> older than me. <laughs> the average age of baseball fans, like 55 or 56 yeah, it's years high. old, is high. What's the average age of women's World Cup soccer watchers? Uh, 12. Hmm. 12 year old girls are watching that. That. Did you want to talk about VAR real quick? Let's do one minute on VAR. Okay. Here's the thing I wanted to say about it. It sucks, and they need to stop doing it for the keeper coming off the line, specifically on the PKs. Those two overruled calls that have happened so far because the P- the keeper moved, particularly this most recent one the other night. I don't know if you saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Nigeria? Yes. Yeah. Where in real time, when you watch that, it does not look like a foul. And even mm-hmm. in slow motion on the replay, if you're not looking at the line of the keeper, if you're looking at it from the, the taker's point of view, it does not look like a foul. Right. And and it's like even if it you're telling me that even in slow mo from an outfield position, if I'm not literally on the line watching her feet, it doesn't look like a foul, you've gone too far at that point. Yeah, I I think uh it's well you people argue, well it's the rule. So so it's not VAR's fault, it's the rule's fault. But at the same time, a ref can watch that, like you just said, and just go, eh. But now VAR calls it out. I'm acting like VAR's a person. Fucking VAR. Calls it out, and then she's got to pay attention to that and accept it as, as the call. And it's no, bullshit. That, that, I that think, was, yeah, so in that case, the technology should be used to say, did the ball fully cross the goal line? Exactly. Agree, and I that's agree. it. Everything that's else it. in soccer is subjective. Why would you be... Why would you be objective about things in terms of soccer? It's the whole damn thing is reft on the on a feeling. Yeah. <laughs> like I felt like you had bad intentions, yellow card, or you know, it's like oh, people got hurt. How much time we got? Oh, let's put two and a half, well, three minutes on. Like it, there's no science behind any of that shit. And to and to and to add science to soccer beyond the ball was completely over the line because it's hard to see. Mm-hmm. I mean, it yeah. just seems stupid. It well, just seems like you could make an argument. Silly. You can make an argument for offsides calls, although, like, no. watching some of those with with hockey, they are like, they are like enhance, enhance, enhance. Looking right. at this guy's the skate blade, and it's like that right. had no Again. impact on the fucking play. Like, Again, should, you know what I mean? Ridiculous. So ridiculous. It, 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 yeah, the linesman should be able to handle those calls. In soccer, the linesman should absolutely be able to handle that call. Yeah. And again, it, when you have to, the second you have to zoom to make a call, you're, you're the the technology's dumb. I just yeah. like just let people play. If you can't if you can't make the call on the field of play, you know, then on things that are more subjective, then what's the point? I mean, it just you know, I don't know. Well, in just, particular, the taker me. gets to move and stutter step and do whatever, and the the keeper has no choice but to react to what the taker's doing yeah they can only move sideways right and it'd be like using uh instant replay to call lane violations in basketball that'd be super popular yeah (laughs) oh and they would be called 47 times a game right and And the the system called yeah yeah. if the system called it and you couldn't reverse it it's like oh you're in the lane shoot it again we'd be shooting free throws for a month and there's already enough free throws seriously yeah so maybe what the rule they should change is not the goalie can come off the line the second the shooter starts forward. So then it just becomes like this. I I love that idea. Yeah. Can you shrink the target like you would on any other shot? Well, I think, yeah, I think what you're, you're just forcing them. You're like putting the pressure on them. So you can't do the 40 yard dash run up anymore. Right. The kid, the, you know, the taker can only go like a couple steps back because the second that keeper starts coming, they're guessing and it's putting more pressure on them. I think you should actually increase a little bit. So give the taker about 10 yards, um, we'll give the, just put the taker as many yards away from the ball as the keeper is, and then just whatever happens after the whistle blows happens. <laughs> <laughs> like a game of keep no, away. Yeah, no, yeah. or or you put or you put a a circle around the penalty spot, and as soon as the the shooter enters the circle, the the uh, the goalie, the goalie can, move. can move. Yeah, sure. or you create another line, like a line that's maybe you know two yards or a yard and a half from the penalty spot, and, as and then you. And as but soon you, as the as soon as the as soon as the shooter crosses that line, the taker can do whatever the hell they want. But you don't let VAR review it. No, you <laughs> no. just let VAR review the ball. Did the ball cross the goal line? Yes or no? That's it. That's you, how the that's the extent one job, of the technology. Var. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, not one. It should have one job. That's the point. The point is, it should have one job, not two jobs or four jobs or whatever. All right. Well, who's ready to talk about some golf? I am. I am. So let's, let's go to the golf desk. 
Oh, I was going to say, for Michael! That was it. <laughs> it's pretty good. Now I don't have to make one. I'm just not ready for it. Yeah, I know. I could do a better one than that. Anyway. Yeah. Then we're going to use the live stuff. <laughs> I'm not cutting any of this out. Perfect. <laughs> I don't have time for that. All right. So in the golf desk, um, I was we, we previewed it a little bit last week. Uh, I was fortunate enough to attend the U.S. Open and also um, play what became 108 holes of golf between Thursday and Monday. Damn. Rub it, rub it in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. It was uh, fly down to California on Thursday, play 18 that afternoon, uh, go spend Friday all day at the U.S. Open at Pebble. Um, Saturday, play golf 36 holes all day. Sunday, get up, play golf uh, 18 holes in the morning, lock my keys in the rental car, and Uh-oh. then drive back to the airport and fly home. <laughs> Smooth. Oh, no. oh, I haven't done some dumb shit like that in a solid twenty years. It was it was cool. What's the what's the what's the uh, what's the resolution to that? Call AAA and have them come unlock the car. Oh yeah, yeah. They just they just come just slim jim it. Yeah, I was like I could have done it with a coat hanger if I had one. Oh, <laughs> uh, and then thirty six holes on Monday once I was home. Um, but it was our annual summer solstice golf trip and we did a little early this year because people could do it i was only able to get in 36 i think everybody else did 54 but uh, where'd you go uh, avalon oh okay but my body gassed out on the 30th of 36 holes yesterday like i just got to the point where i was like i couldn't there was no heart in my shot like i was just like i'm just hitting the ball down the fairway and i don't care where it goes i just want to be done with this yeah right golf birdie the last hole well there you go go away happy i did so how was the open did you go to the open in 15 uh, I did. Okay. This was roughly 1,000 times better than that I experience. I would hope so. <laughs> um, I have a lot of good things to say about Pebble Beach as a spectator venue. Uh, it is am- So you look at the map and it kind of goes down, down, down the coast and it seems like it's going to be a long walk. But the way it's laid out, it, it is really easy to get from hole to hole to both follow individual groups um, or to kind of hop around and see a lot of golf. It's definitely... So this is the fourth tour event that i have been able to attend well if you count the Ryder cup as a tour event, it's obviously not but uh you know what i mean when i say that live golf correct professional live professional golf i've you can, i mean i've been to a couple of senior stuff i don't i'm not counting that i'm talking about actual oh the know, boeing yeah i've been to the right. boeing class a couple of times i've been to a couple of the uh the women's events that have been out here but on the men's tour i have been to four events and this was by far the most golf i was i've ever seen in one day um it really helped that we ran into a friend who was a local and was able to kind of give us some guide guidance after lunch. Like you should on your way back towards the clubhouse, which is where you're going to end up like go this direction and then hit this hole, this hole found one place on six where you could see it's a par five and you could see actually the entire hole. There's a place where you can stand and see the players tee off into the landing area, see the landing area shots into the green. And because of the green is elevated and you're standing kind of on this downslope, you can see the putting. So did you feel like you were following the action pretty easily? Because that's one of the things when I was at uh, Chambers in 2015, you you watch people on golf, uh, like live get hit. You know, like, how did that person not know that was coming? Mm -hmm. Then I went to Chambers and I was like, you have no idea what the fuck's going on. Because it it, it just seemed like you you couldn't keep track of where people were unless you were standing near the tee or near the green. It was hard to track where they were and where that ball was coming from. And also... It's just so weird being at live events because there's just that light murmur going on all the time, and and you're so used to watching golf on TV, and there's nobody in your ear going like, "Now we go to six, you know. So for me, it was it was funny to experience that because it was like I feel like I'm missing this whole tournament by actually being at it. Right. If you're three people deep and you're standing in the near the fairway, like in the landing zone, yeah, you have no idea. No. Yeah, you can get one in the ear hole, like or like, really or like Rory, that guy in the mouth uh, a couple weeks ago. <laughs> that was awful. <laughs> Yeah, so it's yeah, you just don't you just don't know, but yeah, I think that you know, I think for me personally that the TV experience is much better, but and I've been to a handful of events as well and uh the reason to go to Pebble Beach and I I've, I've been to the AT&T um Pro Am. Uh-huh. And um yeah, the year uh, Tiger and Costner played together. Oh shit, uh, really? Was, they just showed that clip that the other day on Yeah, I know, that's what I said. I uh, on the on Twitter I was like, "I was there." Yeah. Um but the uh but that 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 piece of land is just amazing. Yeah, I mean, it looks that, like it. I mean that. Uh, I mean, we 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 have the opportunity to see a lot of waterside courses, like you know, Chambers is on the water, Bandon's uh-huh. on the water. 
there's something about that particular stretch of water that's extra cool i mean there's like there's animals everywhere and there's that all that white beat there's all that that beach and there's just people walking around it's it's, it's a really it's a really terrific spot well sometimes you get a guy who gets to scream michael that was awesome so i'm so glad that happened <laughs> that was me in that video i saw i know okay good <laughs> i was just so glad it happened it was funny because you said later what did you say you were uh, a cowardly yeah. or something yeah you you kind of pulled your punches a little bit on it. Like, you didn't want to fully let it go. It no. was more like a, Marco. <laughs> well, when you're not the guy that screams... I know. There's no good way to be the guy that screams. No. It's like every guy that screams when you're there, it's like it's as bad as it sounds on TV, it's a thousand times worse in person. Oh, yeah. Um, it's like you just turn and look, you're like, can you just not do that? No, oh, it's annoying. But it wasn't but, during, they were just walking past you on the TV. Yeah, box, yeah. Right? It was a really benign moment. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a fine. You can, you can chirp at them then. It's just the whole mashed potatoes after they hit and all that bullshit. That's just, stupid. Yes. But really... Speed deserves it. <laughs> nice job michael so what'd you say Great to jb job. um so we're sitting on the fourth grandstand and there it's a drivable par four and i can't recall if he i believe he must have tried to drive the green because he was in the bunker near side and he was getting i was just like i just basically i was like take your time <laughs> <laughs> and then he missed a putt later on and i was like you rushed it <laughs> oh man all of it is business yeah the uh the, the gallery liked it too and then i realized that the gallery um and the grandstands have they're mic'd uh so for applause so there's oh, little there's little booms up on the grandstand so yeah if you're up close to it you could really <laughs> you could really be a part of the broadcast oh great but going back to your question about can you see what's happening uh it really just depends on where you're standing like it your vantage point has so much to do with whether or not you can see the ball and i think chambers in particular because of the color and the way the lighting is at chambers the ball is very difficult to see even if you're playing it can yeah. be difficult to see yeah um that said at chambers i remember specifically standing behind uh the 6t i believe and you could see most of the tee shots because i'm standing almost right behind where the, the players are hitting except for uh, bruce kupka he smacked one to, to kingdom come and literally i felt like it just disappeared into the sky like he just hit it and it was just it's gone forever it just flew until it never came down because uh, i was watching it i was watching it and then suddenly it was just invisible in the sky poor bruce he hit it so far <laughs> but i believe having attended enough events to, to to form an opinion on this that most everyone in the gallery i'm gonna say 75 percent or more is mostly pretending to see the shot they oh, see you it think have, so? Yeah, they hit they hit the ball and everyone's head turns. Yes, and they're like, all looking for it, but nobody can actually see it. <laughs> <laughs> because be. there were times where, depending on where we stood, and I have pretty good vision. I've had LASIK. It's where it's getting a little rough these days, a little ragged around the edges these days. But I still have pretty good vision. And there were times where I knew I could see the shots, and there were other times as the light changed, where like in the same spot, and I, and I just couldn't see the ball anymore. And I'm like, there's just no way that this old man standing next to me is like, oh yeah, great shot. I'm like, you can't see that shit. Right. Well, the gla- it starts to glare off the ocean, too, mm-hmm. and you're just, yeah, to, if you're standing in certain places. So this is my no, idea. There's no possible way to see that. For using technology to improve the golf experience, which I want them to start dipping the golf balls in, like, luminous ink and, like, selling <laughs> infrared glasses. <laughs> wow. Well, that's, Come on. Uh, that's uh, okay. Commercialize it commercialized everybody's standing around with these vr headsets on at the at the at the fucking pebble beach absolutely a, a tra- give me the augmented, atrocity give me the augmented reality goggles so i can get <laughs> shot tracer for the player that i'm watching like as it's happening no yes. uh, you know what i will tip the hat to to fox who who did something really cool with their uh shot tracer shot tracer just shows up on the regular camera now mm-hmm. and the camera pans and moves and the and the the line stays on the on the ball which mm-hmm. is just it's it looks awesome it's, it's not good. just that static shot anymore now now they have a moving shot that that contains the the shot tracer and it's it's a it's a uh, it's an advancement in the technology well the cameraman's sure. ability to maintain contact with the ball on you know tee shots has always impressed me it's like it's like the guys that do hockey you know camera work unless yeah. that's automated is that that's not automated right no, the uh, no those uh, those cameramen just just they are dialed the in. Oh, they are. Maybe they have yeah. the VR glasses. <laughs> <laughs> that's just talent. That's just uh, well. It's just, like when you see a guy and in, in hockey, it happens all the time. Where like there's a pass back and a one timer, and the camera will go back and it'll start to go out of frame, then it'll catch back up. I'm like, how the fuck do you keep up with that? You should be a goalie. 
<laughs> that's a that's a Jedi reflexes of some kind. Yeah. Well, right. sorry. Can I can I talk about my tournament? I was about to ask you about it. So yes. you had a golf event too, right? Yes, it's called the Resi's Cup, and it is. Uh, it started in '04, I think it was. So it's been going on for quite a while now, and it's it's Americans against internationals every year because there's a huge group of my friends are from various countries: Australia, England, Canada, etc. And so we, it's it's usually 24 guys. So it's 12 guys aside. You do two twosomes uh, in a foursome, and they play against each other and do best ball format match play. And for those who are totally lost now, best <laughs> ball is not a scramble. Scramble is different. Everybody confuses it's a four that ball. One. It's a four ball. Yes, right. Exactly. That's a better way to describe it. Thank but yes, yeah, so we. That was we, your nickname in high school. <laughs> oh, boy. I don't so know what that means. Last year, it sounded good. Last year, uh, Chris joined in and was my partner on the yeah. U.S. side. And, and he came and in. His, like, and I played like crap. Well, his prep round. <laughs> He told me a couple days before the event was rather good, so I it felt really good. confident. And then he showed up, and and it was not as not exactly the way the the practice round went. It was not great. I <laughs> I have a I don't have a I, I think I referred to it as uh, as competitive uh, my competitive um, I don't know. You get jitters. I get jitters. So, then that's get, what I was going to ask: is is how do jitters affect you as an adult? athlete you know when it comes to things like certainly golf because there's a lot of room to mentally fuck that shit up and i do it all the time you know or like you're standing over a putt and it's like i mean it depends on is it worth money is it a kp you know situation or is it like a team event like this where you're like shit like I'm, i don't want to let the team down i want you know, i want us to win this tournament and so you get jittery over those sometimes it's like why am i who gives a shit this is all for I, fun right. so like so what what affects you I, I called it competitive composure is what my, <laughs> my, with regard to golf, it, it just has to do with doing it. Like I'm so impressed with my daughter who can go out there and play tournament rounds and play really well and mm-hmm. just, and go about her business. Like, like she does on any, like a Tuesday round, a Tuesday night round and a Saturday tournament round. She, she doesn't look hardly any different. Well, and she's been doing come, it so long too. That's what helps. She's been doing it since she was a kid. Yeah, she, she's been doing it since she was a kid. She's been doing it since you know she was nine. She's been playing tournament golf since she was nine years old. And my son's playing tournament golf now, and he's. He, I can see that starting with him. It just, it, it's just, oh, it's just another tournament round of golf. But for me, I just don't play competitive rounds. I mean, when playing a casual Tuesday night round and firing seventy six out on, uh, you know, at Newcastle is no big deal. Uh-huh. But you know, put me in a put me in a group with some people I don't know playing for real scores right. and all of a sudden things are different. It's changed. And, and that's, and the people who can, the people who can bridge that gap have, have my, uh, have absolutely my, uh, my ultimate respect because, you know, you see those people playing on television. It's just ridiculous. I just, I, I, there's no possible way I could swing a club. Oh God. With all those people around anyway, no. like I would, I would put one in somebody's mouth. I mean, oh, easily. <laughs> Right. That's why those pro am again, even those pro ams, you know, you yeah. see celebrities and athletes who play pretty well in, in that in that environment. And I'm like, that's really impressive. Well, yeah, I think they're used to crowds. That's one of the yeah. things. But Ty, you mentioned your your tournament you guys just did. That's gotta be there's gotta be something on that, right? Which like tournament, something, sorry. Something the riding solstice, on that, that the solstice, tur- the solstice oh. thing. You gotta have stuff riding on that, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's cash for birdies, there's cash for KPs, there's a bunch of different side games going on, and I think we've done ourselves uh, as golfers a disservice by not just playing more competitively. I think if you just played every round you'd ever played in your life, a Nassau round with whoever you're playing, mm-hmm. you would be much better in tournament golf because yeah. you just you get used to it. It always counts. You know what I mean? It's never just for fun. It's never just a bullshit. Go out and drink some beers, whatever. Uh, and I know for me, not to sound too I don't know new agey about it, but because I know that I have I'm mentally weak when it comes to being a <laughs> golfer. Um, not a, <laughs> it gets to you. I get it. I have really tried to focus on the physicality of the golf swing because mm-hmm. it's such a fluid thing, even putting and just starting to understand what my body needs to feel like in the setup and in the execution of the shot to make sure I can kind of try to force myself to replicate that move over and over again, despite the circumstances. Yeah. Despite the circumstances. And I've been able to overcome it. Um, I'm still, you know, just getting back into competition and, my competition scores are still pretty terrible, as Chris can attest to. Um, but I'm hoping mine to- are definitely terrible. My, I'm, <laughs> I'm, you know, if I'm a if I'm a ten, like on a casual night yeah. of of golf, I'm 
I'm at least six strokes, six or seven strokes worse as a competitive golfer. But, but it's interesting to me. It's so funny with golf is so different because like with hockey, I play competitive hockey. I mean, granted, it's rec, but like you're playing uh, and it's one of those things where it's a, it's a physical sport. You're moving quickly. So you don't have time to think about, oh, my God, don't fuck this up. So, yeah. All right. Well, for those that made it through the golf segment, it's time to head to the OT. And that means now comes the part where we throw our heads back and laugh. Ready? Ready. <laughs> Dad jokes of the week. Woo! All right. Well, Matt, I hope you brought us an excellent dad joke this week. Well, I was going to ask what the rules are. Can they be dirty? Sure. Oh, sure. I don't care. Okay. I, don't, I, don't, ex- I, I mean, if you're going to tell those kind of jokes to your kids, that's fine with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I found like a more innocent one, but then I found a couple dirty ones, and and I'm kind of like, I'm kind of a dirty joke teller. What? I this guess. is supposed to be original material only. <laughs> Oh, was it? <laughs> no, I don't care. Well, because I know Chris comes up with those, but I, you always read those ones, right? Yeah, yeah. No, what are you talking about? I make them all up. <laughs> yeah. If I was God, supposed I to invent my own, then I'm going to need I, a minute. <laughs> I wouldn't take credit for those ones that you read. Like, all right, no, you can, of course, you can, of course, bring one in. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. Are we ready? Mm-hmm. All right. This one, uh, classic. Just move right through it. Dad, I'm hungry. Hi, Hi dad. hungry. I'm, I'm dad. dad. Mm-hmm. What do you give a sick bird? Tweetment. <laughs> I actually like that. <laughs> the best part about this that people don't get from listening is you flipping the cards like you're on fucking Saturday Night Live uh, weekend update. <laughs> like your Karnak. You like do it really, sm- really like calmly and smoothly. <laughs> Take your time. Go ahead. That's sorry. great. I never thought about that. Okay, so I was trying to catch some fog earlier, but I missed. missed. Mm-hmm. Where is the biggest pencil in the world? Pennsylvania. Uh, <laughs> Come on. <laughs> in my pants. I was going to make a joke about that. <laughs> in your mom or whatever. Yeah. Anyway. Two radio antenna got married on Saturday. The reception <laughs> was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I've got uh, one original, or at least I don't know how original it is, but brought to, new to me. Brought to be by my seven-year-old just tonight over dinner, and uh, who wants to be the the respondent? I need one of you. It's a it's a call. Okay, Matt, call Matt's, Matt's the guest. So All right, here we go. Matt, are you smart? No. I was going to say yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what color is your hair? Brown. What color are your eyes? Brown. How old are you? Forty-four. Where were you born? Oregon. What color is your skin tone? Uh, kind of a pinkish. <laughs> what was the first question that I asked you? Am I smart? Oh, you blew it. <laughs> Look at that. He is smart. He is smart. <laughs> well, Very it's because I stumbled on it the first time. That's yeah, how I, I know. You, you really, you really screwed up the I setup there. It. I fucked it up. <laughs> I right. like the fact too, Chris, that you are so dialed in with writing dad jokes that when yes. Ty reads them, you're already got it. You're like, yep, I'm already there. Know it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> there's, a, there's a cadence to this thing. There's it's, a there is a headspace you have to be in to do this, and you know, and sometimes I write dad jokes that that uh, that i think are are pretty good that are that are what i might consider like 15 percent, which is to say that that it's mostly original yeah there's some low-hanging fruit ones and tonight's a low-hanging fruit one like there's there's no way no one has already written a joke like this right you know i retold the pirates of the caribbean joke and it got a really solid laugh (laughs) pirates of the caribbean Caribbean (laughs) is a good joke all right so this one this one this this falls into that next category which is there's no possible way this joke hasn't been written by somebody but i wrote this one but it's a low-hanging fruit here we go i crashed my car into a fancy cheese store and now there's nothing left but debris (sighs) I feel like the, the calendar has already made that joke. <laughs> do we keep track at this point? I don't know. <laughs> so do you, want, do you want the more clean one or the dirty one? Let's give the dirty one. Okay. Why don't you tell them both? I'll tell them both. Why isn't there a pregnant Barbie doll? Ken has no penis. <laughs> that's like, that's what... Ken, came, Ken, Ken came in another box. <laughs> <laughs> And then the innocent one was, I don't know if you've done this one before, so I apologize. Uh, a furniture store keeps calling me. All I wanted was one nightstand. Oh. <laughs> I 
face like you're making your moaning noise. Terrible. There was another dirty one, but it's it's not. It shouldn't be probably shared. <laughs> it's that bad? It's not that bad, but it's just kind of silly. Okay, I'll tell it. Why, why did the sperm cross <laughs> the road? Arm. <laughs> why did the sperm cross the Oh, no. I, I have a terrible feeling about this one. <laughs> because I put on the wrong sock this morning. <laughs> oh. Because you, you, you were carrying the wrong shoebox this morning. <laughs> oh, God. That story. There we go. And that oh. reason's our shout out. Oh, that was nasty. All right, well, Chris, I know you had uh, uh, just a minute of Father's Day content for us here, but you know, before we get to that, I did want to go back to your 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 call out of the Adats acting like sort of a hurt camel yes. uh, in Rogue One, and now you've got me wondering if maybe they're droids because all the droids are, are uh, maybe they are animal droids, <laughs> oh, and they just they're just cargo that carry people and stuff, but they're yeah. actually self piloted. They've got they've got stormtroopers living inside them. Well, they do have drivers. Well, they have they have people in a cockpit faking it. If the Falcon is a robot, the ah, Falcon's nav yeah. computer is a robot. Whatever. Why oh can't boy, they? Don't it's, get him started on so Solo. Rewatch the movies. <laughs> rewatch the movies. Solo. Knowing that uh, rewatch Empire, watching the uh, knowing yeah. that the uh, ATATs are droids, and see how it makes you feel when it goes face first into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. They deserve it. Imperials. All right, Chris, you got a bit of a a surprise for us, right? Because you didn't really put much in the rundown on the Father's Day content. I was just wanting to talk about the subtle tyranny of Father's Day, which is to say... (laughs) The subtle tyranny of Father's Day. Listen, I... Here's what Mother's Day is like. Mother's Day, there's like flowers, and everyone gets their nice clothes on, and we go to this lovely brunch, and there's like Eggs Benedict and a carving station and some stuff like that, and Father's Day comes around, and it's like... Could you power wash the patio and I bought some stuff and you have to start a fire and cook your own goddamn food and like and be and well not you Ty because you left town like a <laughs> bastard that's the move but that is the for move. most for most fathers it's like I have to cook my own meal on Father's Day because it's a barbecue let's have a barbecue that'll be great for Father's Day we'll make Dad cook let me uh, explain your strategy let me this is what I'm t- saying is for most fathers or for many fathers. This is the case, and I think that's some bullshit. <laughs> so you, your your beef is essentially that the patriarchy is not strong enough. Right. Yes. <laughs> no this this is an equal this is an equality issue. Not a this is not. I'm not asking for more than Mother's Day. I'm right. asking for the same as Mother's Day. Frankly, mothers have been allowed to skate for far too long. I mean, what did they do? I, right. They only. <laughs> <laughs> right. I will not trade uh, a better you know parent day for carrying a baby for 10 months no thanks you know last week tonight this week did a supercut of local newscasters basically begging to be left alone for father's day it was like what do you want for father's day they're like no i want to do this i want to do that i was like he's like a hammock and a beer he's like i want the one guy's like i want to sit in a quiet room or a dark room for six hours (laughs) give give me the house let me explain my strategy and that is that it seems like every year this residence tournament that i mentioned continues to fall on father's day weekend uh and i don't think maybe it's an accident i don't know it just seems it seems to be when everybody's schedule aligns because maybe they're leaving that open but the nice thing is we do this tournament we go out afterward and get on the piss and so by the time father's day rolls around we're all hung over so then our wives are like well you know you you just chill and relax and i'll drive back to portland and and we'll just get some grease tonight, and that's kind of it. So you you have to really just be a, an asshole husband, <laughs> and 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 totally be selfish the night before, and then then you're smooth sailing. Right, that can leave town instead of having to power wash the patio and Do all it. the furniture, and then and then light a fire and cook my own meal. Control yeah. your own destiny. On Father's Day. If I could somehow make this U.S. Open an annual trip, I'd never be here for Father's Day ever again. <laughs> I know. See? Every year. <laughs> Kids would grow up and be like, what does Father's Day mean to you? Well, it means my dad left town and got drunk somewhere. <laughs> but I got then, to hear him. I got to hear him on the broadcast yell right. at J.B. Holmes again. That was Right. <laughs> yelling at Michael Greller that he's a bitch. Oh, uh, Father's Day, where my dad fucks off for four days. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but on last week tonight, that, that Supercup it's 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 like played for laughs is like a kind of a damning indictment of absentee fatherhood right um and i i certainly don't mean to i guess project my amorality onto anyone else but isn't some goddamn peace and quiet what everyone's looking for at some point i offer this 
to mine, I say, uh, like when Mother's Day rolls around, I'm like, you want to go do some shit? Yeah. Go ahead. Like right. this is your time to relax and chill. And if you want a little break from, because there's been a couple oh. times where she's been like, well, I'd like to spend it with my family. No, I'm like, right. oh, okay, well, that's, mom, that's your bad. Mom wants, <laughs> mom wants, mom wants attention. Mom wants you around. Mom right. wants you to be there and, you know, and just, you know. Because mom is a better person. Let's be real. Appreciate her. And like dad just wants wants you to just shut the hell up. (laughs) I would would, uh, settle for do everything I say when I say it without any talk back everyone else in the house. (laughs) I want absolute compliance. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) If you're going to force me to spend the time with you, you must be 100% compliant throughout the entire day. You're the one jabbing me about the patriarchy? (laughs) It's just our bit. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I think that's our show, guys. I love my wife and my family. (laughs) I do, too. I do, too. I love your wives and your families. (laughs) Thank you, Matt. No regards. Reg- what is it? No, no, re- no regrets. No regrets. <laughs> no regrets. <laughs> well, that's our show. Our thanks to all of you for listening to the Two on Three Pod, and our special thanks to Matt for joining us tonight and bringing a little extra flavor to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, I, I I do miss podcasting, and it is fun to come on and do guest spots. So I really appreciate you guys having me on because it's always fun to chat. You're a great guest, and you're always welcome. Thank you. And specifically, please know that we appreciate tremendously the time that you, Matt, are spending with us tonight. (laughs) And those of you listening. That's right. And if you don't already, please subscribe and or review the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. And do not be shy about sharing your thoughts and suggestions. We'll be back next week with more... Usually I got something and I just don't this time. But until then... Shenanigans. (laughs) Shenanigans. Peace!